Okay, well, we're going to move on now uh, to to the next reason why we're here, which is advocacy. And um, I actually met Tef Tiffany uh, when, believe it or not, in Florida, uh, the uh, Attorney General of Florida passed an executive order saying that vacation rentals had to be retroactively uh, retrofitted with fire sprinklers. Do you remember that? That was that was a lot of fun, yes. Tiffany. Yes, that was. And you were probably one of maybe 10 people that were even aware that that was happening. Yeah. 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 That was bad. So Jeannie, my, my, I, I, um, I've been in the industry a long time and we got to know each other through VRMA, but you know, the panhandle was not really involved in advocacy. Um, and I was on the board of FVRMA, Florida Vacation Rental Manager Association. And I remember we could not get participation from the panhandle. And actually our board member was out of Myers, which is mostly Alabama. And, you know, literally we, we got a law passed in 2011 uh, that the state couldn't, uh, that the state preempted vacation rentals and local governments couldn't ban it. And then it was amended in, in 2014. And I mean, even then the panhandle was uninvolved. So can you tell me, because you're from the panhandle, why was there so much apathy from the panhandle about getting involved in advocacy? Well, Stephen, I'll, I'll apologize to you that I didn't get involved at that point in time, but um, there is complete apathy on this uh, from this area, and I'm one of the few, and then some of the guys from Southern, and actually Lino, who's now with Be Home 24-7 and was with Resort Quest before they became Vacasa. Um, so there were a couple of us that were doing advocacy here in our local market. Way back in 2003, I went through a whole big um ordeal with the city of Destin trying to prevent vacation rentals here in our area and vacation rentals. We have a few more hotels now, but vacation rentals were all we had. Um, so I think I got a little burnout uh, after that and I left it to you to handle the state in 11. <laughs> However, now that it's reared its head and we've put together our pack, trying to be more involved and of course with Tiffany's help too and her expertise in the political field um, it's been a lot more fun to work with people who are engaged and then push some of our other locals uh, to get engaged and they may only give money they may not participate that much but at least we can hit them up for fundraising and and support to candidates and and get them on their our side or letter writing campaigns but i think through COVID is what really started pushing us forward right so let's talk about that so for those who don't really understand the panhandle and it's a very large area from New Mexico Beach, all the way over to Orange Beach, Alabama. There's well over 100,000 vacation rentals. It's probably one of the biggest, most dense uh, areas of vacation rentals. And then obviously 38 Destin has, you know, homes that rival the Outer Banks in terms of revenue. And, and we have bigger seasonality down here. But when I was facing issues with um, local governments and I was trying to get rallied uh, large companies in the panhandle because there's large companies in the panhandle. I was told we it would never happen in the panhandle. Like what you're facing with these retired people who want to ban vacation rentals, 
it will never happen here, you know, because tourism's our you know biggest or right. second biggest industry here, and and we'll never see vacation rental bans ever. And then obviously you touched upon it, COVID nineteen happened, and hotels were allowed to open, timeshares were allowed to open, bed and breakfasts were allowed to open, you know, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. And then, but vacation rentals were told you could not uh, open. And Jeannie, what happened then at the Panhandle? What what, what changed that uh, during COVID-19 and, and how did it affect some of the larger companies in the Panhandle? Well, you know, we were all desperate to get reopened and we kind of worked together as a group. And truthfully, they started trying to put in some additional restrictions they did in the city of Destin. And Tiffany's the one who reached out to you and got us um, some really good advice, gave us some some good tips of how we should handle the city and to not go through what you'd gone through in Flagler County. And, you know, sometimes you got to lose a battle to win the overall war. And we worked on some of that. But but COVID, you know, we worked together as a group and we actually steered away from some of the advice that other groups were giving. Um, and fortunately, Tiffany grew up with uh, the governor's, uh, what, what is, uh, he was uh, his attorney, his personal attorney to help get, we found every hotline we could to the governor to get reopened. But it gave us an opportunity here at Newman Daily. We changed our entire business model during COVID. And it has been so lucrative for us to make all the changes that we did. And we spent the time implementing new software systems and enhancing the utilization of the software systems that we have, like Breezeway and Key Data. Um, but we, it was a concerted effort. And I know the three of us were working hard on it um, here in Florida. And we had some other people reaching out to the governor's office. Um, and then we got our local TDCs involved too when they came up with those cleaning um, specifications uh, that we got our county commissioners to agree to those and send the letters out immediately. And then we've been drinking from a fire hose ever since. So it was great. Well, Tiffany. Tiffany, I wanted to ask you, yeah. a lot of things are going through you, but how big of a problem was it that we didn't really have a seat at the table with the governor uh, during COVID? And, and what did we learn from that? Because, you know, it, it was a lot of firefighting, as Jeannie was saying. So maybe walk us through that event. And then also, was it a mistake for some property managers to sue our governor? Did that uh, have an adverse effect? I think we can get into litigation, you know, later because Steve, you and I have had this conversation many times. You don't litigate until it is your only last option opportunity. And I think that kind of even going back to why did the panhandle not get involved? It's very similar to the rest of the country that we've seen is that we're relying on others to be our voice. And so we were unique in our area. Um, we have had historically very strong leadership. So our legislators for our area, or even um, heads of state agencies have historically come from the panhandle. And so we just had assumed that we had built these relationships and that they would um, carry our message through. Um, the problem is, is that we were 
very quiet of what our industry was. And through COVID and even prior to that, as the the increase of Airbnb and Verbo and um, the exposure of the vacation rental um, accommodation sector has grown, the visibility has grown and the opposition has grown. Um, And so having someone else be our voice and relying on that had, was completely detrimental. Um, and I think it's because then you have to rely on someone else educating what it is that you do. And that was what we uh, came across. And I've said this many times over, but most legislators, even from our area, um, or even just local elected officials don't understand what it is we do. And even more so now, because they think that you just put a property on a listing site and you don't go in or touch that home again. Um, and so a lot of education is needed. Um, but if we don't have a seat at the table, we are then defined by any other group who is at the table and they are outspending us. I mean, it's Steve, I mean, we've talked about these numbers before and I don't have them in front of me, but um, the last, you know, prior to this election cycle, before we got in, we were seeing some groups spend over a million dollars a year in the election cycle and and us not, right? They get back open, we don't. So uh, it's education, it's spending some money, but it was definitely detrimental for us to not be at the table. Okay, so we all kind of firefought, we got together, And um, we finally were able to get uh, the attention of the executive office and Governor DeSantis ultimately allowed us to reopen on Memorial Day uh, weekend, which um, that was helpful. But the other thing that came out of this is we say we've got to prevent this from happening ever again, because, you know, clearly we did not have a united voice. We didn't really have a seat at the table. So then we um, we asked the larger property managers in the state of Florida if they would support a state organization. So, Tiffany, talk about the origin of that state organization, the PAC, and how important it is to have a lobbyist representing us, the larger property managers, in terms of having a voice in Tallahassee. Yeah, so we're past the point where we have to just focus locally. And locally, we are only at the hands of the next election cycle. Um, Steve, you know just as well that if you get something into the state legislature and get it passed and have uniformity across counties and several of us operate in many different counties, that's going to stick a lot longer than, you know, four people or three people deciding to pass something something locally. So it was important for us as we got together to realize that there needs to be influence and education just at the state level um, but that shouldn't be where we're gro- we're coming together to form education. We know what it is that we do. We have other resources for education on the industry. Our main purpose and to have the PAC is to make sure that we support elected officials who support us. And then we have not only a seat at the table, but we have access and can provide education and data. But we also have a pulse then too on what the questions and concerns are and what may be coming down the pipeline. And we can be that resource of education as to how we should respond or how maybe we should um, change or um, work together for a fair and balanced regulation. And that's not even including bans, that's taxes. That's um, many things, um, HOA that may hit us that that people don't recognize. And so there's there's a much larger effect, but I, we believe that a, a PAC situation and a lobbyist at the state capitol is the most effective use um, of funding and of our time. Right, so what we did is we formed a coalition 
um, in, it was the Florida professional property manager, uh, coalition. And we formed a steering committee. Jeannie, um, Daly is on that steering committee with Lino Maldonado from, uh, be home, Paul Hayes, who's out of Key West and then Dennis Goheed out of, um, out of Orlando. And, um, you know, we, we meet monthly and we basically create strategy, um, to the lobbyists who we hired. Um, and that's been effective, but beyond having a lobbyist, then the other thing we said we had to do, uh, was raise money because we needed money, uh, to, to target leadership, uh, and to make sure leadership understood, uh, our industry and so that we could communicate with them. And so we've had uh, large suppliers um, donate, you know, a tremendous amount of money in Red Sky Insurance, Be Home, Track, Inhabit IQ, Explory, Global Amenities, Edwards and Prince. Uh, we've had some large property managers, uh, clearly V-Trips, Ocean Reef, Royal Destination, My Vacation Haven, Sandestin Resorts, Astro, Casto, Newman Daily, Rent Key West, Southern, um, and if I'm missing some, let me know, but you know, we've, we've received donations. Am I missing any? <laughs> There's a ton, but you know, they, that, but we, we'd be here for a while to kind of talk through this, but, um, but yes, keep, keep going. And, and so that money has helped, uh, get us in at a seat at the table, as they say, how important is that? How important is it, Tiffany? to have a seat at the table, to be able to talk to the Senate, the House leader or the Senate leader, or obviously the governor, uh, Governor DeSantis in person. How important has that ability for us to be able to have that communication? I was recently at a retreat and spoke to um, a senator who last year when I spoke to them was dealing with an issue within their district where these large homes were being used as recovery centers for botched plastic surgery, and they were having um, a death every six weeks, and there was no regulation on that. And so there, that legislator really wanted to come down on trying to um, figure out some other higher regulations for our industry. We were able to talk, or I was able to talk through and, you know, develop some type of relationship of, this is not what we would agree to, you know, um, and talk through her concerns. Um, and so now they're going to be looking in this next session of a, a different route that has nothing to do with vacation rentals, but more has to do with um, um, the liability on some other medical sectors. So there are so many things that that people don't understand that, um, you know, you have to be able to go in and to talk through your, you know, your company and your industry as a whole. Um, the other part that's really important and that we've really tried to focus on is that our property managers are first and foremost, because they're the only individuals who can understand how a regulation or um, legislation can affect the operations. Um, so we may be, you know, easier to agree on something because we can provide an inspector or we can, we have software that can, um, you know, monitor certain requirements as to a local or to a state ordinance. But if we're not there, what they're going to do is rely on anyone else that may be a stakeholder in the room. And that stakeholder has maybe different um, ideas or uh, responsibilities that, uh, they would prefer um, and commitments from their, you know, their their corporation or their industry that maybe wouldn't be necessarily what what we would agree to. Um, All right, so Jeannie, I have a question for you. How, how important 
was it to have real talk and and to talk uh, in real terms to some of our colleagues and the professional managers and to let them know that they had to put money into this industry they couldn't rely on the kindness of strangers as i say that you know it was time for them to put money in and and we know they had money because we saw their cars we saw their watches we saw their handbags so how important is real talk in in terms of getting money and participation from some of these larger companies well, it's extremely important, Steve. And I think that this could have been another little blessing from COVID because when their world shut down, you know, and we worked hard to bring us back up, that they saw zero income, that they saw zero income, that they saw zero incoming in, unless they have different lines of business, then it's imperative. So you have to help. We're not asking for all your time and your talent, we're just asking for your treasure. I think uh. both of you guys have said the same thing. And so let's, I want to kind of hit into that is the real world perspective. Um, and then, you know, I think even people in our industry um, who do podcasts, we we don't put, speak the truth on what a property manager does, right? So that's why we have all of these startups. We have all of these individuals mm-hmm. who think that they can do what we do. Because we sugarcoat it. And again, until going back, until COVID happened, there was there was a complete disconnect to the world of what we do when there's zero money coming in. But you still have to manage these homes. You still have to go in and make sure they're being checked on. There's no leaks when people had no idea because we don't, we've never really spoke about the downtimes or when things actually go wrong and happen, which the seat at the table, you know, they're, oh, we can do that. I want to be the spokesperson. Well, no, you don't have a clue on what we actually do. So putting that in, opening the pocketbook or whatever is is key across the board. In terms of real talk, because it's not just raising money. And um, I would love to know if Vacasa has contributed any money. I'm not aware of that, even <laughs> though they have most properties in the state. But in terms of real talk, I think it also is real talk to other lobbyists uh, you know, particularly the OTAs, uh, the restaurant lobby, they all have different lobbyists. And I think Real Talk also extends to communicating with them that we all need to work together and that there has to be give and take. Um, it can't just be a one-sided um, if we're going to get stuff passed. So can you talk about how important it is to have Real Talk either, either at the fundraising, the messaging, uh, the, the communication, or collaborating with powerful OTAs uh, and the hotel and restaurant lobbyists to make sure that we all join together and get things through the House and Senate. 